The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level three has begun, 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 begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Morenci. We're kicking it on Sirius XM Channel 204. Sunday, bloody Sunday, Sports Grid Radio networks jason b tackerfin will join us in a couple of moments we'll talk some baseball as uh, we are we are breaking down the overnight olympic action and speaking of the u.s olympic uh, team actually the men's basketball team i saw a story the other day that uh, julius randall was not offered a spot on the team that he would have played and he wasn't even invited like at all it's pretty crazy when you consider some of the dudes that are on this team what's that about like seriously, like what's that about? So if you're if you're hardcore, like you probably are, if you're tuning into this show, um, we've got um, women's basketball coming up at 4:20 a.m. Eastern time. Symbolic, light one up at 4:20, 1:20, light one up, whatever. People say, oh, it's 4:20 day. It's 4:20 day every day. Um, but Canada versus Serbia. The line keeps changing, man. It was like a pick em. It's up to three and a half right now. Serbia are laying three and a half to, uh, to the Canadian women. Now, we misread the, uh, I got to tell you, we misread this uh, Slovenia match. All right, Slovenia versus Argentina. It's a massacre. I didn't take Argentina. I wish I would have laid the points to Slovenia. I took the under, and it's a big problem. The game's going to go over the number. It's uh, Slovenia is killing them. They're up by uh, 22 points after three quarters of play. Yet, we're not deterred. <laughs> we're not deterred. We're going we're gonna to move forward. You know who's on Japan? Hachimura uh, from, from the Washington Wizards. Gonzaga. He's a good player. Hachimura's on Japan. Uh, Wanta, what's his name? Wantabe uh, from the Raptors is on Japan as well. So, they've got some players here on their team. I think it's too many points. Plus, they are the home nation. You know, it's funny. That spread's coming down. Son of a... I swear, it was like 18 and a half, 19 and a half a little while ago. Down to 16 and a half right now. So, I think people are saying, yeah, you know what? We think we're going to jump in on uh, jump in on Spain. So Spain are getting... Uh, uh, Spain and Japan. Uh, Spain are laying 16 and a half right now. Japan plus 16 and a half. Total, 153 and a half. And it's a pretty low total when you consider what these other numbers have been in the tournament, but I don't know. These games have been going under the number. Slovenia and Argentina is sailing over. 
Japan and Spain. I, you know, my inclination is to go over the number uh, at uh, 153 and a half just because it's so low. And it is low. So we've got overnight Olympic action. We'll try to, before we're done here, we'll set you up with some early morning stuff as, you know, every one of these events counts, especially when you're playing the over in the American gold medals. We've got over 44 and a half, but we're getting a little bit worried. Oh, yeah. We're kicking it. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. Shout out to our AM radio affiliates as we've got Olympic madness uh, right now in the late night hours. We've also uh, we've hit on the Gold Cup. We talked a little college football. And I'm, I'm actually really getting excited uh, for the college football season. We've been talking a lot of NFL football on the show. We will again tomorrow with Rick Saratella from the NFL Draft Bible. But as, as you know, we talk about NFL win totals and and the book hanging on to your money. College football is is rapid fire. It's a 12-game campaign. When you're betting the regular season, when you're betting the win totals of a college uh, college football season, the championship game doesn't count. The bowl games don't count. Right? It's the regular season. So it's 12 games in a regular season once again this year. Last year was abbreviated due to uh, COVID, obviously. So... 12 games, whatever, bro. It's three months. It's three months. And we've got, we've accumulated quite a list here of teams. And there's a couple of more that we like. But the fact of the matter is, FanDuel doesn't have every team up. Right? And it's probably a good thing. I'm probably saving myself money with this, actually. But we've literally, we've literally got 12 to 15 college plays. I got a couple of college football division, division uh, futures that we're taking a look at as well. The Pac-12 is a very interesting uh, conference to me uh, this year. There's a lot of question marks in the Pac-12. We've seen the Pac-12 is on the upswing. And I was tweeting about this earlier today, actually. With all the talk of all these college football super conferences, I personally think I think that the, uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 should merge. I know it sounds sort of crazy, but it really isn't if you think in the modern era right now. Geographics, geography means nothing anymore in college football, right? There's talk of Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12. There's talk of Kansas going to the Big Ten, which actually they're, they're not far away from. But, you know, we've seen. And if everyone else sits by, guys, I'm telling you what, the SEC will take over the world. They don't care. They don't care where you are. It's pretty clear. They'll just pluck the best teams out of every conference and make a super conference. It's time for the other conferences to, like, merge. It's like gang warfare. Like, you got no choice. Pac-12, Big Ten, great merger. Take over the country. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Red Sox. They hated and their rival Boston Red Sox. Tampa Bay's right there. 
So the Yankees are four games over 500 uh, right now, but it feels like they're, I don't know, 40 games under 500, um, the atmosphere around the team. But it, there, it is telling. And I don't, like, buy fully into run differential because sometimes, you know what, you'll have a big game and, you know, the numbers could be skewed. But there's a big enough sample size now. And, in fact, if you look, 61 and 39, it's exactly 100 games. So the Boston Red Sox run differential plus 68. Tampa Bay Rays run def- differential after 100 games, plus 92. Toronto Blue Jays run, defer- run differential, plus 86 right now. They're 49 and 46. They're plus 86. New York Yankees, plus five. Wow, what does that tell you, Jason? Their well, run they- differential, plus five on the season. Yeah, they're not. We we nailed this earlier in the season. They're just not that good. They're over under for 97 games. I couldn't hit the under button fast enough and for them to not make the playoffs they still are only three and a half games out of the second wild card spot because oakland which i'm sure we'll get to in a second they are doing really poorly in the last 30 40 games and they were kind of just nestling on the huge win buildup they had in may and uh, mid-june but the yankees they're going they're going to have a massive mess to clean up they should have won three out of four i personally don't if I were them, I would be sellers. It's easy to say that from my point of view. They have a series coming up in Tampa Bay. But listen, if they win two out of three, everyone's going to be all roses, and they can say, well, two and a half games out, we can do this. But I I still would be looking to trade Chapman. I'd be looking to trade Britain. I'd be very quietly taking offers on Judge, even though I wouldn't trade him. He's, he seems like a Yankee for life guy, but he is unrestricted after 2022. Oh, he seems like he's a hurt for life guy to me. Yeah. Let's just be real. Like he's just he's a great guy, nice kid, always hurt. So when you look at you look at this division right now, what what did you make of Tampa? Did you like the Nelson Cruz uh, acquisition? Absolutely loved it. Uh, they needed someone with pop in their bat. They needed another threatening bat. I don't think they're done making moves because they know they're in a dogfight to win that division. They need to win that division. They can't go into the wild card, even though they will probably be substantially better than the second wild card team. They need to get into that divisional round. And that's going to be a dogfight with the Red Sox. Red Sox are probably also going to arm up. Um, listen, Nelson Cruz, he he has had one of the most spectacular last 10 years of any. <laughs> He's 41 any, years old. <laughs> he has been amazing. No one wanted to give him four years. The Mariners did. He raked. No one wanted to give him a couple years. The Twins did. He raked. He is going to be a massive problem to deal with in the AL. Now, so the updated odds right now with FanDuel, the Boston Red Sox are plus 100. The Tampa Bay Rays are plus 115. The Toronto Blue Jays plus 950. The Yankees are now 14 to 1. And the uh, the Baltimore Orioles are uh, 15 billion uh, to 1 to win the division. <laughs> Something like that. Five, $500 million to 1. Kudos to them because they just swept the Nationals probably the that was probably a season-defining sweep by the Nationals or getting swept by the Nationals because they're yeah. probably going to be definitively sellers. And good for the Orioles for playing hard. Like, they are 30 – they went into the series 33 games under 500. Well, they do and, compete. They show up. They don't They don't roll over. They do compete. They're kind of like the Tigers. Just the Tigers have a little bit more talent, and you're kind of seeing it. Tigers are one of the best teams in baseball before getting swept this past weekend. But uh, they are in the similar vein. Their issues are not because of effort and integrity. They're, if, their issues are talent. Dude, since mid-May, the Tigers are one of the best teams in the league. It's pretty crazy, actually. I know. It, re- it really is. And we'll get to another team that also had a very big weekend, especially with the trade deadline coming up. But talking about the updated odds here, and I, I brought this up, Jason, a couple of times about how games in the last two weeks, so you and I have been talking about the trade deadline for, for a while, for about a month now, but 
from, let's say, you know, July, last weekend, July 18th or so, until July 30th. Yeah. Those games are massive for teams to decide whether they're buying or selling, as you just stated. You know what I mean? Like, even if a team is thinking about, you know what, we're thinking about selling, but whoa, whoa, we just went 12 and 2 in the last 14. We're not, we can't sell. We're in this thing. Fans are excited. And I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought the Toronto Blue Jay players had an opportunity to send a message to to ownership that, hey, do something here. We're that close. What's your take on the Jays' uh, week coming out of the All-Star break and how things have played out? Because they've been underwhelming as well. Let's yeah, be they, real. They're starting to fall back in a pack. They lost a tough series to the Mets. I, them and the Mets are so similar. You feel like they should be better. They have a lot more talent than they do. They kind of find ways to lose. Blue Jays today were up three to one, two on, nobody out, top of the six. They had a chance to bust it wide open, and they didn't get anything. Let me and ask you about the Blue Jays manager, because somebody asked me today, uh, will Rogers be aggressive? And it was someone in Chicago, and we were talking about the trade deadline and stuff and on Twitter. And I think he goes, oh, Rogers are terrible owners, aren't they? And I actually defended them. I yeah, said, no, they're actually not. I said, they, they've given... They give the, the GM and they give the team whatever they need, actually. Yeah. Right? I mean, you have to sell them on certain big contracts, but look at they brought George Springer in. They just, you know, we, so you can't talk about there's a problem with them investing. My personal belief, it's the manager. I know they like him. He's a player's guy. But I think if the Jays, they leave too many wins on the field, in my opinion. And listen, we'll get Jason's take about on this on the other side if, if it's the managerial uh, position with my boy with uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays that needs to change in a big picture. The late night anger man will not continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're talking baseball. Let's do this thing. We're breaking it down. Series XM Channel 204. It's a late night anger management class. I am Gable Berenson, Jason B. Packerman. Kicking it with us, former general manager of the Vancouver Canadians, a three time champion. So as we went into break, I was just talking about the Blue Jays and their manager. What do you think about uh, Montoya as a, uh, as a manager, uh, Jason? I think he's great. I'm not on. It's so easy in, in in baseball and maybe in hockey too. But it's so easy to be like, well, this move didn't work out, and they lost because of this. I actually, I think that the players are allowed to swing away and to be comfortable, and that helps them maximize their potential. He might not be the best X's and O's guy. 
I think also the Blue Jays are a few games better than they should be. I think they maybe went up the ladder one or two rungs too high this year because they're playing games that really matter and then their spotlight is on them because of wins and losses. I think they're going to give them another chance uh, for next year unless they totally tank this year and they have to bring in someone. Because remember, speaking of Chicago, there's a perfectly good manager sitting there in Ricky Renteria who did a great job with the Cubs building that bridge to get to Joe Madden and then who, who was unceremoniously fired this past offseason to get Tony LaRusse. Like, he's just sitting there. And that could be someone that's that, that can literally just take Montoyo's position. Personally, I would give Montoyo another chance. They're only four games out. It's funny, we talk about the the Yankees as a huge failure, three and a half games out. Yeah. The Blue Jays are four games out. And they're going back home July 30th. That's like going to be a huge jolt for them. I would suspect they're going to be buyers. Maybe not big ones. I remember 2015, yeah, they got yeah. But they also got Ben Revere. And they also got Latroy Hawkins. And they kind of fixed up the back end of their roster. I think Kyle Gibson's the perfect guy for them. Only making $8 million. Yeah, they'd have to give up quite a bit uh, to get him. They do have great prospects. They do have a great farm system. He's also signed through 2022, so that would be a play also for next year. Listen, I'm always in favor of trading guys that are under contract if you're very good, especially for prospects. You don't know what you're going to get for prospects. Not to mention, you know, you talk about you talk about Aaron Judge. Look at a guy like Byron Buxton. He's you love to watch him play. He's really one of the only players yeah. whose defense is worth the price of mission. He's never healthy, and that could happen. So that's why maybe you trade a prospect now to get a proven guy who's also very durable in Kyle Gibson. Well, last week, last week the uh, National Hockey League welcomed uh, the Seattle Kraken to the league, and of course they had their expansion draft, and it almost feels like the Chicago. Cubs are having an expansion draft. Like basically, all right, like it's like a, it's like a yard sale. Right? Yeah. Everything must go. Like I've never really seen a team that can really tip the scales as much as this. Like, yeah. you know, there's teams that have, you know what I mean? That, yeah, they got a couple of guys and they're not very good. Like, I don't mean the players aren't very good, but the team's not very good, but they got some decent guys that they want to get rid of. These are blue chip guys. Yeah. Like, and especially if you can like, like, let's be real. A Kimbrel Bryant duo, bro, can put you over the top. Easily. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you can put, if you get on the phone with the Cubs and you pull off a right deal, you are putting yourself in a position to win a World Series. They have, let's start off with Craig Kimbrell right now. Let's start off with Craig Kimbrell. And let, let me ask you about the Los Angeles Dodgers because you talked about Boone and Boone watching a rookie pitcher throw a wild pitch after wild pitch in a row. So Kenley Jansen got booed off the field on, on the Thursday night. And then for whatever reason, or Wednesday night it was, excuse me, Wednesday night, and then because Thursday night was the last game of the series. Uh, so, and then Thursday night, the Dodgers have a 3-1 lead, and it's like, dude, don't put him out there for his own sake. Yeah. For his own sake, not only do they put him out there, they left him out there, bro. And I think it just sort of highlights, it's, it's been the elephant in the room. He can't be the closer. He could be one of the closers, I'm not saying fire the guy and drive him to the bus station and tell him, you know, you're on your own, kid. But something has to be done here, in my opinion. What's your take on Dave Roberts? I think he's loyal to a fault. He's a player's guy. He's loyal to a fault. He's in, oh, that's my guy. He's my guy. But he should have protected him by not putting him out there. But I think the Dodgers have to do something at the back end here. What's your opinion on the Dodgers? I liked putting him in on Thursday. I think he's you earned did. the right to pitch out of it. I yeah. think he's earned the right you know, he's, he's one of the all-time leaders in saves for the Dodgers. If it wasn't the Dodgers, he probably would have his number retired there when he uh, when he does uh, retire. Um, he, he's been a huge bridge to this era. And it is unfortunate to watch him blow saves. 
that couldn't have worked out any better for the Cubs because they're, the price for Kimbrel just <laughs> through the roof. And what's interesting is David Price, who's on the who's on the Dodgers. The Red yeah. Sox are paying half his salary. Is he a closer? Is he a starter? Is he going to be a long man? Is he going to be a middle guy? Is he going to be an Andrew Miller type? We don't know. With Trevor Bauer probably never pitching again, they're if I were the Dodgers, I would say, okay, let's go Bryant, Kimbrell, and Hendricks. Let's go all three of those guys. Hendricks is signed for the two more years. Bryant's a free agent. Kimbrell's a free agent. Let's try and win. We don't want to just win. We don't. The, the Dodgers' template of what not to do is actually the Cubs. Whether you look at the Cubs, you're like, yes. yeah, the Cubs should have played in another World Series or two, right? The Dodgers can say, you know what? We were aggressive getting Bauer. Probably shouldn't have let go of Kike Hernandez. I'm sure they want that one back. Um, maybe go out and be a little bit over aggressive. They're going to have to beat one. They're going to have to beat either the Brewers and or another team in the NL West. Maybe even two, at two out of those three or three out of those three. And that's not very good. Right? If they want to win the World Series, they need to get more depth, and they have to get an anchor closer who you know the game is over when he's in, and that's Craig Kimbrell. So you've got Craig Kimbrell. So the who are the other contenders in your opinion? Are the Boston Red Sox in the mix? Uh, for Kimbrell, uh, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies, San Francisco Giants. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix here, right? I mean, listen, everybody should be in on him. Uh, the New York Mets. Every single person should want Craig Kimbrell. This guy's put up almost a Hall of Fame career already. He's only 33 years old. A name to watch is going to be Araldis Chapman. Because if the Yankees lose their first two against Tampa, and yeah, they really feel yeah. hot, Chapman signed for next year with all of his issues. If a team wants to take on the contract, or if the Yankees can eat a bit, that's going to change. It's going to drastically change the market quite a bit. Chapman's still amazing. He is having a good year. But if the Yankees want to rebuild, if the Yankees want to get better players in their minor league system, Chapman be a, trading Chapman would be a good way to start. I think Chapman getting out of New York would be good for him as well. I, I think you, could, you see a fresh start. And you know what? I like where you're going with that. They've kind of turned on him anyways. Like, listen, yeah. dude, they, they they trade Aaron Judge or something. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to they're gonna run Cashman over in the parking lot. But the Yankees could get away with trading Chapman, and the talk shows might bitch for a couple hours, but it'll, it'll fizzle out. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Not only that, they have a closer. Zach Britton can close. He has. Yes. He, he right. was in Cy Young. He has, he's the Rolades guy. He did not in 2016. Like, he is a closer. They could actually trade Chapman for a player now, quote-unquote, the old hockey trade, where it's good player for good player, and not miss a beat. The, <laughs> other team, the other team to keep an eye on are the Washington Nationals. This losing streak might actually do them good for the long run. Daniel Hudson, Brad Hand. They're going to also control the bullpen arms. Brad Hand, great closer. Daniel Hudson, of course, uh, was great for the Blue Jays. He was, he's been great for the Nationals the last couple of years. He was instrumental in their World Series win. Not to mention Josh Harrison, Jay Bell signed through next year, uh, Trey Turner. The, I don't think they would ever trade him. Kyle Schwarber, if he gets back healthy, Max Schertz is a free agent. They have a lot of players to trade, and they could be the hub of the free agent market. Excuse me, the hub of the trade deadline, just like the Cubs are. Uh, looking at the Cubs, obviously Chris Bryant, uh, former MVP, is available as well. And are they, you know, Kimberly, like we said, Kimberl and Brian, if you can get them together, you know, it's that, you know, that would be great. What, what, what's your take on Brian? If you, the Mets, the Mets were in connection and you know, it's the old oh, Brian and the Mets and the Mets have the money, this and the Mets have that. But the longer it goes, the more other teams are involved in this. Right. Yeah. So, and it's not just the Mets in the mix here. The Phillies, you and I talked about the Phillies last week for Brian. What do you think is going to happen to Brian here? And, there's been some uh, there's been some reports 
that the San Francisco Giants, the San Francisco Giants have actually kicked the tires on this. Not surprising. Evan Longoria has been hurt. He was off to a great start. You know, Chris Bryant. Exactly. That's the thing. They can move Brian around, guys. You and Jason, right? Brian can play almost any position, this guy. Yeah. Outfield, third base, first base, anywhere. You know, the Padres just got Adam Frazier from the Pirates. He's leading the league in hits. Uh, he's he's an all-star for the first year. He's like Kike Hernandez. He can play second base. He can play every single outfield position. Chris Bryant can play third base. He can probably play first base. He has played left field. He has played center field. It gives a team, especially in the National League with all those changes and double switches, it gives a team a lot of leverage, and it gives their manager a lot of leverage when you get a guy like Bryant. The Mets are going into a five-game, five-game series against the Braves. they got a doubleheader tomorrow. That is without Jacob deGrom. It is going to be very telling what happens after this series is over on July 29th or July 20. Yeah, July 29th. It's going to be very telling what's going to happen because if the Braves, if the Braves, let's say, take three out of five and they knock the Braves, they knock the Braves down a little bit and the Phillies and Nationals beat each other up. The Braves could be the Mets could be six or seven games up in first place and they're going to be in a much better position also. And they might say, you know what, let's move all in here. You know, it's funny, Jason, because last week we were talking about the, the Philadelphia Phillies at they just didn't do it. They had their opportunity. Yeah. They didn't do it. It's like the Mets aren't perfect, but everyone else around them is so dysfunctional or injured. that. And you're right. The Mets are basically a good week away from burying people right now. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. But the, So the odds are minus 230. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies are plus 360 uh, right now. The Atlanta Braves are plus 450. Nationals are back to 18 to 1, and the Marlins are 85 to 1. Is this it for the Braves? How big of a week is this for the Braves right now? I know you still don't. You haven't written them off yet, but, man, are they hurt. If they can pull this off, get in the playoffs with all the injuries, yeah, whatever. We'll give Anthopoulos the GM of the year when it's all said and done, right? But big week for the Braves coming up. They're lingering at plus 650. What do you think? Are you writing them off, or are they still in the mix? I think if they can get four out of five against the Mets, they walk into the Brewers, and they get the Cardinals. It's going to be really tough. They have to come out really, really strong. And if out of their next eight games, five against the Mets, three against the Brewers, um, if they can pick up six, then they get the Cardinals who aren't doing so hot, the Nationals, the Reds, and the Nationals again. There's room for them. Plus 350, I think you said that's pretty good value. Uh, but we're going to know pretty quickly. 650. On 650, excuse me. That is yeah, yeah, the Phillies. Phillies are plus, uh, Phillies are plus 360. Yeah, the Braves are plus 650. Six. All right, hold on, Jason. we got to get out of here. Uh, well, one more segment with Jason on the other side. The Dodgers are the lowest they've ever been. We'll tell you about the numbers on the other side to win the, uh, the National League West. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's 
possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Continues this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Branson. The principal players, the hustlers, the people of Bustle, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it with Jason B. Tackerman for one more segment. Talking baseball time always flies when Jason joins us every Sunday night. And you want more Jason B. Tackerman? He's got a great podcast as well. Jason wants you to uh, let people know where they can find you on Twitter and your podcast. At IBWAA Podcast. It drops every Wednesday morning. We end every single show with a Hall of Fame debate of players who are not in and we debate whether they should be in or not. This week, we are talking about Gil Hodges. Gil Hodges, kicking it old school. Interesting. Gil All Hodges. Right. I like it. I like it. And you know what? Whatever happened with your Dale Murphy uh, debate, actually, because I sent you a tweet. It was, I saw, uh, you know, Dale Murphy, um, does he belong in the Hall of Fame or not? And you said, oh, interestingly enough, we're talking about uh, Dale yeah. Murphy this week. I tell you what, like, as a kid, Going to see Atlanta Braves games, like when they would come to town, they were terrible. Yeah. Like terrible, terrible. Like the worst team in the league, terrible. Right after the Hank Aaron era type of stuff. But one guy that wasn't, I always felt bad for him. And I always, it was cool to see him in the All-Star game because like, oh, he gets to play with real players, was Dale Murphy. Uh, what was the conclusion? Was Dale Murphy a Hall of Famer? He, I voted he was in a Hall of Fame. My co-host Dan did not. I'm very big on lineup protection. And Dale Murphy, like you said, did not have any, but he still had, he won two MVPs. He had three other top 12 MVP finishes, five gold gloves, four silver sluggers, six straight all-stars, eight, seven in total. That means a lot. And his numbers at the end were diluted because that's when the money started to kick in for free agents. So of course he's going to play uh, into the early nineties. And of course he's going to play with Colorado and Philadelphia because he's getting the, pay- he's getting paid the most that dilutes his numbers. For me, Dale Murphy, if he had a better team or if he was born 15 years earlier with free agent in the DH in the American league, he 100% would be in the hall of fame and have much better numbers. Jason B. Takafin kicking it with us on Sunday, bloody Sunday. So I, I brought up uh, going into the last, um, when we're going to the last break there, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I've been tracking the number all year. This is as low as it's been, minus 170 right now. Mm. Minus 170. And remember, guys, the San Francisco Giants, these guys were 24 to 1. I remember when they were they were up like by four or five games like a month ago or two months ago. And we were talking and we're like, wow, these guys are in first place and they're 18 to 1 still, 16 to 1. And they, I think they were 12 to 1 when you and I spoke on June 1st. And I said that teams that are in first place, like, in June 1st, win like 59% of the time, the division type of deal. So here they are all the way down to plus 200 uh, right now. That's an incredible, incredible story, both San Francisco and Boston. The surprise stories of the year in baseball. Uh, The Dodgers are minus 170. San Francisco's plus 200. We talked about the Dodgers addressing the bullpen. I do expect the Dodgers to, to be, I don't know, about super aggressive, but I think they'll make a couple of moves um before friday's deadline what do you make of this division if i had to ask you right now who's going to win the division the dodgers or the giants who you say i'm going to say the dodgers because they have a deeper farm system and i do think they're going to be more aggressive you want to talk about run differential the dodgers are plus 146 that is 26 runs above the number two place team which is aptly the san francisco giants 
Um, I think the Dodgers should and will be aggressive. They have way too good of a team. The core is intact. Their, their best players are the cheapest they will ever be. That includes Walker Buehler. They have Clayton Kershaw pitching really well. And you know what? Kenley Jansen probably could be, he probably will be very useful down the stretch. He was pitching very well before this week. They do need help in the bullpen. I think the Dodgers, whether it's a Gavin Lux or another one of the super prospects, they are going to be aggressive. And I, and I think they're going to go out and, and, and take that division. So, Jason, um, you have experience in the minor leagues. And I said, for people just joining us right now, Jason was a general manager of the Vancouver Canadians, a Toronto Blue Jay affiliate, won three championships. So I think you you could give us a better insight to this than anybody. So members of the Angels organization in the minor leagues, so Kieran Lovegrove, and this is pretty dangerous. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking, wow, you're a double-A player, and you're coming out like this. So Kieran Lovegrove of the double-A Rocket City, double-A Rocket City, it's uh, the Angels uh, affiliate, is, um, tells ESPN he's living with six other teammates in a three-bedroom apartment. Pitcher Shane Kelso pitches for um, um, A-ball, Inland Empire, this season before retiring. Says other minor league players have slept in camper vans parked at a trailer park in the parking lot. Well, other players are living out of their cars. Lovegrove goes on to say it's gotten to the point now where guys are in serious mental health crisis because of how stressful money is. I really do think it not only affects their play on the field, but it's affecting our quality of play, our quality of life overall. We're reaching a point now where this is actually becoming detrimental to the players' overall health, and the owner is not addressing it, actively saying that they don't care about the health of the players. He said, uh, we're not getting enough protein to keep muscle mass. Uh, we're not eating enough. Lovegrove says that uh, he's driving Lyft and Uber and working for UPS and Best Buy to su supplement his income. He and Kelso are both critical of minor league uh, players' lack of access to quality food. Um, we're not receiving enough nutrition to maintain muscle mass. We've had guys losing five pounds in the last two weeks. Lovegrove asserts the issue starts with ownership, saying Angels only Artem Reno doesn't give a crap about the winning side of running a baseball team. Is Marino completely out of touch with the reality of what it's like to be a player? Probably, Lovegrove says. And I don't really see a change because I don't know how he, how he doesn't really care about the quality organization uh, so much uh, uh, considering how much uh, amount of money that it produces. The Angels have just released a statement. What is being reported is unacceptable. We will look into it and address it. Now, Jason, the minor leagues are supposed to be uncomfortable, right? Like when the Jays, when the Jays went to... Um, when the Jays went to Buffalo, there was the talk of, man, the clubhouse is not Major League Baseball quality. It's not supposed to be. The guys are supposed to be uncomfortable to motivate them to get to the big leagues. But, Jason, talk to me. Isn't there a difference between, hey, you're not living, you're not in the big leagues yet, kid, yeah. and, and living in your car in the parking lot or living six guys in an apartment in a pandemic? What, what's your opinion on this story? Yeah, there's... There's definitely a difference between $125 per diem per day and three catered meals and five-star hotels and living six in an apartment. Baseball housing has always been difficult because typically housing is done by the minor league uh, team, and they are in charge of feeding the players, transportation, uh, where the players live, getting the players to and from the ballpark, depending on how old they are, if, they're, if it's sort of an older league and they have families and they have cars. But it's always different because it's, it's always difficult because the players – could be traded or they can be released or they can be uh, let go or they can be promoted or demoted at any given time. And typically, organizations have them stay at billet families. So it's very easy when one player comes in, another moves out, and it's yeah. much easier to deal with a person and a family. Albeit. So where did your players stay? At, um, with, with, our, with families? 
our housing families are the centerpiece of our sort of community outreach. We worked very hard to procure great families who wanted a player in their home, were not doing it for the money or the, or the free baseball tickets, and who really had a very good home for the players, understood that a player comes and goes at 4 or 5 in the morning, understood that uh, they're very busy, they don't necessarily have time to play catch, and have enough time to, like, hang out. But if they do want to hang out, there's a family there, and they're not on the hook for rent, or they're not on the hook for a lease or something where a landlord yeah, can yeah, yeah. them. And not to mention, they are fed. They are fed from a house. And, and that story with the Angels, that's more, I think it's more of an aberration, and it's more of the Angels kind of not knowing a little bit, maybe trusting the, I don't want to say too much, just because yeah, I don't know, yeah. they trust their food a little bit more. Um, we always had really good relationships with the, with the A's. My first year as general manager was with the Oakland A's. I did housing for three years before that and three years with the Blue Jays. Did the uh, A's, were they active in checking in and saying, hey, how, how's he doing? How's this kid doing? How's he like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the A, you know, we, to be honest, we kind of got, lucky in that the Olympic curling facility was built in our parking lot. So from 2010, <laughs> we had a state-of-the-art gym where the players can go to. So it changed up how the players were working out, and the Blue Jays sent one or two uh, uh, strength coaches because they were able – it was very easy to get a good lift in before. The A's trusted us. They were kind of hands-off, and the Blue Jays after their first year were pretty hands-off because everything was sort of down to a science. We leaned on the Blue Jays quite a bit for transportation and immigration help because – Vancouver is pretty far away from uh, Eugene and Salem and Boise. And we needed a second bus because you can't have someone like Noah Syndergaard cramped into a school bus for seven hours and expect him to pitch. It just doesn't make sense. He's not built like you and I. He's not he, it, like he's literally he's a big body, dude, <laughs> but his body is an asset. He cannot be. You have to treat it as such. Yes, yes. He's not flying first class, by the way. He's still waking up at five in the morning to get that bus, but he needs to be stretched out. He's six, six. Right. And I think that. Teams are re one of the reasons why teams are, are kind of major league baseball is taking a little bit more ownership of their minor league affiliates is for the um, for the development is they want to make sure that the players are eating properly they want to be able to make sure they're sleeping properly they want to control everything because they're spending so much money on scouting and procurement and drafting and opportunity costs and trades they need to make sure well, that they're it seems crazy to me exactly Jason that a team would put so much money into the R and D of it and then just drop these kids in Iowa and not know what the hell is going on with them right and it's changing. And that, that's one of the reasons why everyone says that Major League Baseball is cutting money in baseball because it's a cash grab. It actually is going to cost Major League Baseball, if they do things, if the teams do things the way they should, which I think they will, it's going to cost them more because they're going to have sleep doctors and nutritionists and more strength coaches traveling with them. They're going to be staying at three-plus-star hotels. They're going to be eating better. They're going to be traveling better. That's not cheap, right? Like, so there may be less money baseball players, but the money baseball players weren't getting paid that much to begin with. The uh, Midget baseball is going to be shorter but deeper into their minor league system, which is going to be good for the player because they're going to be fed properly, looked after properly. There's going to be a lot more mental health coaching, a lot more mental health performance, a lot more meditation and sort of, you know, on the mental side of it because they're going to be able to – they're going to be able to literally look at players differently because there's half of the players there. And I think that's going to be very good, but not necessarily cheaper. And, you know, I understand toughing it out a bit. It's like being in a band. Listen, you're going on the road and the tough will survive type of thing, right? Yeah. How bad do you want it, kid? Are you willing to suffer, you know, for four years, one of those type of deals? But at the same point in time, it just emphasizes how freaking hard it is to make the big leagues. I mean, yeah, the, right? the, the stat. Um, when I left Monty Baseball, it was 7% of players drafted play one game minimum in the majors. Only 7% of the players drafted play one game. So amongst the players who are deemed as 
feasible to play in Major Baseball one day, 7% of those. It's The modeling system is really rigorous. One of the reasons why Major Baseball wants to also cut the layers also is to get players in their prime and not to have that many hurdles to get from being drafted to Major League Baseball. And toughing it out is one thing, but, you know, sleeping, not, not getting adequate sleep or not getting adequate nutrition or even transportation issues, that's another thing. And I think that there's no excuse for that. I know the teams are looking into it. And it's one thing if you have a triple A is uncomfortable because you have, you really want to get to the show, but it's one thing. It's another thing if you're younger and then you have, you're looking up at three years and you're like, I don't really guys end up quitting. That's what the story's saying. There's guys who are just quitting now saying, I screw this. I'm not living like this. And not only that, you have your Kyler Murray's and your Jameis Winston that said, yeah, you bingo. That's what I was thinking about before when people said, Oh, Kyler will never play football. Why? He knows he gets the bonus right away. Yeah. And you start right away in the NFL. You don't have to go right to Vermont and play A-ball. Yeah, a little bit different for Kyler Murray and Jameis Winston because uh, they were first overall quarterbacks, and they get about $45 million guaranteed off the bat. Plus, uh, they get that fifth-year option. So, And they're quarterbacks, and they're treated differently. But a Jeff Samarja, who was a great wide receiver at Notre Dame and also a great pitcher— that formerly he was going to go to Major League Baseball. There's no head trauma. You can be average and make $13, $14 million a year. He has made $130 million plus. He is a perfectly average. Yeah, but you've got to be guaranteed that you're good enough to play. That, like, look at Drew Henson. we got to get out of here, Jason. Yeah. It's faster. Look at Drew Henson in the old days. Could have been the number one pick in the NFL draft. Took Steinbrenner's money. Couldn't hit. Couldn't hit. Right? I, heard that rumor, I heard that rumor was in lieu of a donation to Ohio State instead he gave Drew Henson money to get, <laughs> to get him away from Michigan because he was so good. That's crazy. That's crazy. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Jason B. Tackerman, always a pleasure, my man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You think I'm dead, but I'm not. Listen from the ashes, take what you got. You think I'm dead, but I'm not. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Maranci. Thanks to Jason B. Takafin for joining us on the program. Ian Cameron, Dave Sharapan, Mick Aussie checked in as well. It was a full house. We'll have a full house throughout the week as well. Countdown is on right now, guys. 
We're now officially 10 days away from the start of the National Football League preseason. Uh, think about that. It's crazy, huh? Here it is. So, you know, you don't have to worry about betting on Norwegian handball like everybody is in our chat right now. God bless you guys. Degenerates. I love it. I tell you what, I've warned you about handball, and you know me. I bet on everything, all right? Uh, but handball, I'm not messing with it. Those are the sharpest lines in the history of sports. I don't know what it is and how, why they're so sharp, handball lines, but they are. Um, we took it on the chin tonight. I mean, the Olympics, they're on all day pretty much, right? Except during the day, which is pretty cool for us night owls. So I took it on the chin. I won earlier. I won the under in the U.S. women's softball game. I lose the Slovenia total against Argentina. I lose the Canada total. I should have known better Canada and Italy in women's softball because it was a meaningless game and Italy didn't start their best pitchers because, you know, they were already eliminated. Canada's playing Australia for bronze on Tuesday night, uh, so we'll be all over that. Dave Sharapan will join us, of course, on Game Time Decisions tomorrow. Um, he'll join us on Game Time Decisions, as well as on Tuesday night after the gold medal game. So we'll have more Olympic picks uh, for you. So as far as the NBA draft, we're going to do the NBA draft on tomorrow's show. Everything, you know, jump in right now. It's starting to get set in stone right now. So we know that Cunningham's going to be the first pick, but Jalen Green's going number two. Get better to FanDuel right now. The odds keep on getting worse, though, every hour. And it looks like Evan Mobley's going third overall. Suggs fourth. We'll catch you tomorrow. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge. Or don't. And win.